Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, October 16th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, we have a backlog's not the right word because it's all happened uh, in the last couple days, but we have a ton of special original interviews coming down the pike over the over the next week. On Monday night, you had a chance to speak with your old friend, Jason Robert Brown. Um, what was it for? Was it a concert coming up? I didn't actually know what this was in relation to. His album? Uh, his album. He's got concerts at Subculture. He's did. Uh, he did this thing. Uh, they raised two hundred thousand dollars for the Brady uh, Fund. Awesome. Uh, all sorts of stuff that Jason's up to, but mostly talked about his new album that's now available on Ghostlight Records. Very cool. Well, uh, JRB is uh, one in a million, so I'll be excited to hear that interview when uh, when it gets released in this very podcast feed. Yeah. And uh, you've been talking to Whitney and Kudish and various other people. So those things will be coming up. Yeah, we'll have plenty of stuff throughout the next week uh, in the podcast feed to get you over that early fall hump. Maybe, you know, it's not summer anymore and it's not the holidays yet. You need a little pick me up to get you through these October afternoons. We'll be dropping stuff in the feed during the afternoon hours. Uh you know, over the next few days, next week or so. So uh, keep an eye out for that. I haven't read ahead in the script. Have you, you talk any, any bit any bit about Beetlejuice? Um, I've not, but I will uh, tell you why. Um, you will not be here on tomorrow's show, but our friend Caitlin Milligan was actually at the first preview performance of Beetlejuice on Sunday night. So I was going to ask her to talk to me a little bit about uh, what she saw on Sunday night. So I don't have anything in this episode, but we talked about it the week before about how it had it for its preview at the National Theater in Washington, D.C. on Sunday night. And so uh, very excited to talk to Caitlin, my Broadway World colleague, about uh, what she did and didn't like about the show uh, on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, there's uh, some really cool things. Uh, uh, David Corns, the uh, designer, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. has been doing a lot of really cool Beetlejuice social media stuff. And uh, we saw bright, yeah. some bright monster photographs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't follow David Corns on Instagram, you are not doing Instagram correctly. Uh, and I will say just to kind of not to uh, spoil Caitlin's review, she also saw the – Mean Girls out of town tryout in Washington, D.C. Her sister lives in Washington, D.C., so she goes up and sees that stuff there. She said she liked Beetlejuice better than Mean Girls uh, and when she saw both in D.C., and so take that for what it's worth, depending on where what your level of Mean Girls interest is. <laughs> she enjoyed Beetlejuice more, So, uh, but we'll get some more details about that tomorrow. Okay, first step in the news. Uh, critics weigh in on The Inheritance in London. Yes, James, this is one that I've talked about before that I think is almost a sure thing to be coming into New York. I don't know about this spring, but definitely sometime in 2019. This is a young Vic transfer to the West and directed by Stephen Daldry. It's a play uh, written by Matthew Lopez, features a huge ensemble cast and featuring Hugo Bolton, Robert Bolter, Andrew Burnap, Hubert Burton, John uh, John Benjamin Hickey, Paul Hilton, Samuel H. Levin, Cyrus Lowe, Michael Marcus, the one and only Vanessa Redgrave, Jack Ridford, Ridford, Kyle Soler, and Michael Walters. A generation after the peak of the AIDS crisis, what is it like to be a young gay man in New York? How many words are there now for pain 
and for love. Spanning generations and many interlinking lives, the inheritance brilliantly transposes uh, E.M. Forrester's novel Howard's End to 21st century New York. So a show set in New York, very New York type stuff but playing its second run in London. Here's what the critics had to say. Dominic Maxwell of the Times of London said, quote, what matters is that the show, slightly tweaked from its first run at the Young Vic in the spring, is a love story sturdy enough to hold all Lopez's ideas about individualism and community and gay identity and AIDS. The sex scenes are artful but never coy, and Forrester himself appears, helping the characters to figure out how to tell their story. Fiona Mountford from the Evening Standard said Solar's work as the endlessly good-natured Eric gleams with emotional openness, while Burnap furnishes the damaged Toby with a remarkable repertoire of seemingly insocuent gestures that are full of careful calculation. I can give The Inheritance no higher praise than to say that I think it would make Forrester himself very, very proud. Andrzej Lukowski from Time Out said, quote, the plot is gripping, shimmering with excellent jokes and told at a great lick by Daldry and team on a minimal stone dais set by Bob Crowley. We indubitably uh, become wrapped up in these fuck ups lives, effectively divided into six hourish episodes, three per part. It is very much of a piece. The experience is a bit like gorging on a classy Netflix melodrama. So, James, we have seen a ton of fantastic plays come to Broadway either already in the 2018-2019 season and even more coming in the spring half of the season. And we've seen quite a bit of London transfers, but this one has its roots in the U.S., has some American stars in it. Um, so I, I will be shocked with reviews like these if this doesn't end up coming to Broadway sooner rather than later. It certainly sounds like uh, that would be a, a prudent thing to do, not only from an artistic standpoint, but from a commercial standpoint with reviews like that. Uh, yeah. Well, and that's what, you know, so much of the time when we see big epic things like this, you know, thinking of even just the two that are on Broadway right now with or well, they have been on Broadway recently with Angels and then Harry Potter. Then you think of things like Wolf Hall. Um, these big, larger things generally go to London first because it's cheaper to do it there and to get the cred to work out the show, get the reviews and then bring it over. So I would very much think that this would follow in that pattern. So. Uh, I don't know if this whole cast will come, if any of the cast will come. But I think if you've got Vanessa Redgrave in London, if you don't bring her, you're going to have to have someone of that name. John Benjamin Hickey, I, I, I would think he would come. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. With the way in which uh, the New York Times now wrote, now writing reviews in tandem, they'll have to send Brantley and Green to <laughs> London to review this. Yeah, I, I haven't seen anything from the New York Times in there, but I mean, get them both in there for six for the full six hours each and see what happens. <laughs> see who arises out of the ashes. <laughs> All right. Next up in the news, uh, roundabout to dim lights for Joe Mastroff tomorrow. Yeah, James, I'm not going to get up on my soapbox uh, for this just because the Broadway League has not yet sullied its perfectly gleaming white hands to dim the lights for all of the theaters 
for this legendary Tony winner. But yesterday, the Roundabout Theater Company announced that tomorrow night it will dim the lights at the American Airlines Theater, Studio 54, and the Harold and Miriam Steinberg Center Theater. I guess they don't have access to the light panel at the Sondheim anymore, huh? Um, anyway, the honor will come at 5.45 p.m. New York time and will last for one minute. The community is encouraged to gather outside of the American Airlines Theater on 42nd Street, where the marquee will feature Joe's name and image. Uh, James, I'm glad that RTC is doing something for Masteroff. Certainly some of the most successful productions that they've had in the past 25 years. Uh, you know, two, they've had two versions of two of his biggest musicals, uh, dating all the way back to the Boyd Gaines and Judy Kuhn. More on her later. Uh, a revival of She Loves Me. Uh, they were both penned by Joe. So it seems appropriate that if the Broadway League isn't going to do something that that roundabout certainly would. Uh, but I kind of wish that the league didn't suck so bad at this overall. Yeah, we've uh, we've talked about this extensively. So uh, mm-hmm. let's leave it at that for right now. Sounds uh, good. What do we have? Uh, well, let's go back to London. What's happening in London? Yeah, got a few more things. And as I promised, more Judy Kuhn news as yesterday it was announced that she would be venturing across the Atlantic to help lead the Minier Chocolate Factory's upcoming production of Fiddler on the Roof. As she did replacing Jessica Hecht in the most recent Broadway revival, the four-time Tony-nominated legend will play Tevye's wife, Goldie, this time opposite Andy Nyman. The show will be directed by Sir Trevor Nunn, who, of course, directed Kuhn as Cosette in the original Broadway production of Les Miserables, and then a year later as the original Florence in, in, Broadway, in the Broadway production of Chess. Fiddler will play the Minier from November 23rd through March 9th. We will have the complete casting announcement in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. And now sticking in London, James, yesterday it was also announced that the Theatre Royal Bath production of Arthur Miller's The Price will transfer to the West End's Wyndham uh, Theatre from February 5th of 2019 through April 27th. The production will star the legendary David Suchet and Olivier winner Brendan Cole as it did in Bath. All right. So we have audio and video news. What does that mean? <laughs> um, it's all theatrically tinged, but nothing actually happening on the stage, really. Yesterday, it was announced that the soundtrack for A Star is Born has debuted at number one on the Billboard Top 200. The album sold 231,000 uh, album equivalent units the week of October 11th, making it the best selling movie soundtrack in over three and a half years. In other movie-ish news, yesterday it was announced that beginning on this Thursday, the off-Broadway production of Puffs will be available to stream on Broadway HD, which will reportedly uh, mark the first time in theatrical history that a show will be available to stream online while simultaneously running in New York. I guess they're not counting Daddy Longlegs, James, because oh yeah, I, I guess you couldn't stream it on demand, although it definitely had the live stream, and then the show ran after that, as did She Loves Me, actually, but it was just for a few days. But whatever. I mean, whatever marketing angle they want to use over Broadway HD is fine with me. Um, and finally, the critically acclaimed Amazon show Transparent, which stars Judith Light and current star of Broadway's The Nap, Alexander Billingsley, will reportedly end its fifth and final season with a musical episode. The show's creator, Jill Soloway, who identifies as non-binary, is working with their sister and transgender performer, Shakina Nafak, on the music for the episode. We've actually talked about this before, briefly in passing, as they've done a concert of some of the music for this at Joe's Pub, I believe. I think it was Joe's Pub. Uh, anyway, the New York Times uh, reported that the episode will be two hours long. Now, James, normally musical episodes of TV shows are 
jokey and they're kind of throwaway and they're not usually that good. Um, at least not musically, at least other than once more with feeling, which is amazing, of course. Uh, but Soloway said, quote, this idea of music rescuing our family was all there. So we're like, let's just keep blowing on the flame. They continued, quote, it will hopefully feel like Jesus Christ Superstar mixed with La La Land, mixed with Flight of the Concords, with something more Jewish thrown in, a little Yentl. Not exactly <laughs> sure that that's the musical direction I would have thought of for this. But I'm excited about it nonetheless. Uh, if you would like any uh, information on this story or anything else we've talked about in today's episode, please make sure to check out the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com. So looking at Broadway HD picking up the puffs, uh, wouldn't you think that maybe Broadway HD should do desperate measures? Yeah, yeah honestly, yeah. I think that would be great because I personally think that Desperate Measures will be a show that gets done a lot in the regional theaters and educational theaters, it's a, you know, a small show at five people in the show is really funny, really, um, you know, smart lyrics. It's something that I think will be done a lot. And I think having a streaming version of it would only help enhance that moving forward. I have not heard even a whisper of that, but that's a really good point, James. Now puffs obviously, um, screened in movie theaters from fathom. Uh, I believe it was fathom H uh, fathom mm -hmm. events. Um, so, Obviously, Broadway HD didn't put up any money for that, I don't think. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but I think you're probably right. I think Desperate Measures is a show that would benefit tremendously from being on a streaming service. And we were going to talk about Desperate Measures yesterday, but we forgot. Oh, and I forgot again today because yeah. I'm, not <laughs> I'm a trying very to lead smart you there. Movie. I'm trying to lead you Thank there. You. <laughs> I forget because we talked about it. Yeah, on Sunday, um, I wrote up a story at Broadway World, which I don't do very often, because Lauren Molina made the sad announcement on her Instagram that the uh, Drama Desk winning musical Desperate Measures will close at New World Stages uh, on October 28th. The show has been running uh, there in a return engagement after it played the York theater at the end of 2017 since the end of May. So it'll have been running off Broadway uh, in a commercial setting for about five months. We got the official word on Monday uh, after Lauren announced it via her Instagram feed, but I thought it was a great show, James. I really enjoyed it a lot. It was a lot of fun. I didn't get to see Lauren. She was out doing skivvy stuff the day that I went, but um, really fun. We, we talked with Colton, uh, one of the co-stars of the show on a, uh, tell me more episode over the summer, but really fun. If you get a chance to see it over at new world stages before the end of the month, please make sure that you get a chance to do it because it is something that really, really is quintessential fun off Broadway musical theater. Speaking of Lomo and skivvies, have you seen these promos for the Rocky horror skivvy show? Uh, I have, I'm actually going to their Halloween show, um, on the 31st, but I think the, the Rocky horror stuff is happening. What in early November? Yeah. It seems like, yeah. yeah. So great. Really I was like, oh, of course, that makes total sense. Well, great, and they've great actually, marketing. Yeah, well, they've actually played Brad and Janet in a production together. Uh, 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 Lauren and Nick have. <laughs> they've also played, they've also, I believe, maybe I'm telling stories out of school, but I believe they've played Audrey and Seymour together as well. Uh, I'm, I think I'm pretty sure about that one, but yeah, they've done that. They've done little shot or little, sh they've done Rocky horror together for sure. So this makes perfect sense to throw them in there. They're in their underwear already, get a bunch of stars to come out and do the songs. That should be a ton of fun. 
All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMATT. And my bro... And that... <laughs> Sorry, it's too late. And my name is James Reno from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us. <laughs> I will not be here for Wednesday. As Matt said, he's going to talk with... Who was it? Caitlin. And uh, then I'll be back on Thursday. Which we... Yeah, Thursday. It'll be late on Thursday. It'll be late on Thursday morning, but she'll mention that again tomorrow. All right. Sure. See you then. (laughs) I don't know. Dancing? No, it's all right. Okay. Thank you.